Pastor Corey here with Heights Church. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast. If you would like more information about Heights Church, simply go to weareheights.org or follow us on our Facebook page. If you're looking to get plugged into a church, feel free to reach out to us via our website by simply clicking contact, and we will help you find a similar church in your area. Hope the podcast serves you well, and thanks for tuning in. So Jess and I are covenant members here at Heights Community. Um, we also are leaders of the St. Clair Missional Community. Um, and then also, if you, I'll reference MC Missional Community, or if you come here, you know that we do a lot. And if you don't know what that is, it's basically a, a group of people that one day during the week, we get together uh, and we live and we grow together. Uh, we dive into scripture. Um, we talk about life uh, with one another. But then we also uh, get to live life outside of those specific days, MC night and Sunday night. We just live life together so we can enjoy one another and so that we, we can share the gospel with one another. So if you are someone that lives in St. Clair County and you don't have an MC yet, hit us up. Uh, you can reach out to me or anybody that maybe is in our MC. Um, and then we'd love to have you come and, and grow with us um, I also want to give a little shout out to my Living Hope MC family, who, uh, who about a year ago, uh, we were a brand new MC, and Pastor Paul, uh, who's our church planning resident here at Heights Community, uh, he, him and his crew, uh, they came into our MC, and they were so willing to learn and grow and serve. Um, it was amazing. Can't wait to see what God's going to do through them and through Pastor Paul and Living Hope Church. Um, Jess and I also serve in... Heights kids, uh, enjoy that. Um, and then I had the opportunity to go through our Heights preaching cohort with a few other guys, and that's why they're letting me stand up here today. So what do I do? Uh, well, I'm not a preacher, um, but I have been, however, an elementary school teacher, a salesman, a maintenance technician, a construction worker, and now I'm a talent management coordinator of a consulting company. But my favorite job uh, that I have that I actually don't get paid for is being a dad. And if you didn't know, today is Father's Day. So if you haven't yet, I am going to give you the opportunity to get your phone out or turn to the guy next to you and say happy Father's Day. Maybe it's a father figure that you've had in your life. Let them know how much you love and appreciate them. But then I also want to take a moment uh, to remember and think about the men and the father figures that we've had in our lives that have passed, that we don't have anymore. And then I also want to want you to know, and uh, we live in a sinful and a lost world, and not everybody in here has had the best experience with a father figure or a dad. So as you mourn that loss of that relationship, I want you to know and remember that you have a father in heaven that is perfect and that will never leave you, that will never forsake you, that will never let you down. If you don't know this perfect father in heaven and you wanna know more, we'll have some leaders in the back that would love to talk to you more about it. 
Being a dad is hard work. You love your kids so much, but they can be a handful. They can push your buttons. They can stress you out. (laughs) But, but they carry a huge part of your heart. When they feel pain, you feel pain. When they suffer, you suffer right along with them. Whenever you have to have tough conversations, you have to discipline them, you have to be bold and set a standard in your household, but then you also get to take action. You get to serve your kids. You get to love on them. You get to take them places that they want to go so that you can create lasting memories. And you do all these things because you want what's best for your kids. You want them to have the best possible life. I think being a dad has a lot of parallels to being a Christian. Sometimes we must suffer and do things that we don't want to do and go through things that we don't want to go through. We must be bold with our words and our standards and we must take action and we must serve the people around us. And all these things that I've talked about are things that we're going to see in our text today, which leads me to my big idea. If you're a note taker, Gospel work is hard work. When I say gospel, what do I mean? If you're a newer Christian or maybe you're not a Christian at all, you might not understand why we're always talking about the gospel. The gospel is the reason why I can stand up here strong in my faith in Jesus and in God and in the Holy Spirit. The gospel is the good news that God sent his only son, Jesus, to live a sinless perfect life here on earth that nobody else could ever do and then be crucified on the cross, bearing the weight of all of our sins to ultimately take the place for us and the wrath that God would ultimately give us. He took that on his shoulders and his shoulders only. And then he rose from the dead, defeating death so that we can then sit at his right side in eternity with God. And in that, God sees us and all of the sin and all of the dirtiness that we've had here on earth through the lens of Jesus who makes us pure and holy. I also have three points for you. The first one is suffering. The second one, be bold. And the third one, take action. Before I get into these, I want you to know that I'm right here with you. Pastor David and Pastor Corey, whenever they were leading us through uh, putting these messages together, they told us that we need to speak from our hearts and preach from a place of conviction. So as I read through my scripture, these are the things that God was telling me and convicting me of. Before I start and get into this, uh, pray with me. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you for Jesus who came and died for us that I can stand up here and talk about his gospel. Father God, I pray that you would take my anxieties and my fear. Father, open the hearts of everybody that's here. 
that you would just be able to speak through me into their hearts so that they may hear your word, hear it for the first time, or maybe just hear it to better understand it. Father, you're so good. I pray all these things in your holy name. Amen. Amen. You mind getting me a water? Thanks. So let's start with the fun one, suffering. (laughs) Now, I'm going to be really honest with you. Whenever I first started thinking about suffering and I was trying to come up with an example from my own life, I actually had a hard time coming up with one. But let me be clear here. I'm not talking about the suffering that all of us have endured, the loss of a loved one, death, illness, loss of a job. I'm talking about sharing the gospel in suffering. I'm talking about sharing the gospel in suffering, and you're going to suffer because the evil in this world and the devil are going to come and attack you because you're trying to share Jesus. But then I thought more, and I have suffered. I have suffered. I've been put in awkward situations whenever I'm trying to share my faith. People have denied me whenever I've tried to share the gospel. But compared to what Paul and Silas and Timothy went through, I'd say it's probably more of a mild discomfort. But whenever I thought about Paul and Silas and Timothy and what they had to go through, And I thought about, what if I had to suffer like they did? What if I had to really suffer tomorrow? What if I really had to suffer a year from now or a few years from now? Would I be ready? Will you be ready, church? Will we be ready to suffer because we're sharing the gospel? In John 15, 18, if the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. In Ephesians 6.12, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. In our text today, Paul promptly reminds the Thessalonians, this thing's not one to stay on me today. Paul promptly reminds the Thessalonians of his... Uh, suffering that Silas, Timothy, and him endured in Philippi. In verse two, it says, but though we had already suffered and been shamefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we had boldness in our God to declare to you the gospel of God in the midst of much conflict. So let's go back and see what Paul is actually talking about. To set the stage, Paul and Silas, they were in Philippi and they were casting out demons They were preaching the word of Jesus in Jesus' name. And because they were doing that, it was changing the way the Philippian people had to live their life. It was messing with the things that they were used to. So they started to persecute them. And Acts 16, 19 through 23 is where it explains to us what actually happened. They seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the rulers. And when they had brought them to the magistrates, they said... These men are Jews and they are disturbing our city. They advocate customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in attacking them. And the magistrates tore the garments off them and gave orders to beat them with rods. 
And when they afflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Now, suffering might not look the same now as it did to Paul and Silas and Timothy, especially to us here in America. But it does in other places like China and Iraq. There are Christians today that are gonna be persecuted for sharing their faith. But here, most of the people in this room, we won't endure that kind of suffering. But what might happen to us is we might lose a friend. We might lose a closeness to a family member or a coworker. We might lose a job. We might not get a promotion that we deserve because they're too scared that you're gonna share your faith. Maybe it's feeling distant from a child because they're so caught up in the culture of right now that you keep preaching the gospel to them because you know it's about their eternity, but every time you do, they just push back and get further and further from you. Now that all seem, may seem really heavy, church, but hear me now. The gift that we are waiting for in heaven Spending eternity with Jesus Christ is worth any amount of suffering that we may face proclaiming his name. In 1 Peter 4.19, therefore those who suffer according to the will of God shall entrust their souls to a faithful creator in doing what is right. Paul continues story after story in Acts, Corinthians, Thessalonians, going to spread the word of Jesus even in the midst of trials and suffering because he knew that Jesus was worth it. Telling people the good news of Jesus is worth enduring suffering for. We're talking about eternity here, people. God and God wants to use you to spread his good news to the people around you, even if it causes you to suffer. Maybe it's in relationships with your family our coworkers, children, even your spouse. And you know what I said earlier about preaching from my own convictions? I think this one was personally so convicting because I just don't share the gospel enough. So church, is Jesus worth suffering for? My second point, be bold. When was the last time you were bold? Were you bold because you were standing up for an individual? Were you bold because you were standing up for someone in your family or maybe a friend? Or maybe it was you were being bold because of something that you truly believe in that you were going for. Let me ask you this. If we took a snapshot of your life right now, would we even know that you were a Christian? If I got on your social media and scrolled through your page, would there be anything about what Jesus has done for you? Let's take a quick survey. Help me out. Raise your hand right now if you've shared anything on your social media about Jesus in the last year. Okay, okay. What about the last month? What about the last week? Did you notice as we got more frequent, the hands going down? Where's our boldness, church? 
We're called to be bold like Paul and Silas and Timothy were. In 1 Thessalonians 2, 2, but though we had already suffered and been shamefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we had boldness in our God to declare to you the gospel of God in the midst of much conflict. So a couple years ago, Jess and I lived in Spokane, Washington, Uh, And while we were out there, one of my jobs that I had was uh, I was a maintenance technician on the Air Force Base. Um, I worked for the company that managed all of the houses, which was like 400 on that Air Force Base. Um, And what I did, uh, I worked really closely with a few guys. um, And every single day, we went into a new house uh, that one of the families had just moved out of. And basically, we went in and we got it ready for the next family. We changed out uh, doorknobs, we painted, we made sure everything was working, made sure that the fridge was working, everything, um, just to get it ready so that the next family felt like they were coming into a home. So that being said, I got to spend a lot of time with just a few guys in a pretty small houses, small spaces, uh, just chatting. We talked about life um, a lot of the times. And so within the first few weeks, month that I was there as I was getting to know these guys, I could tell that the Holy Spirit kept giving me opportunities to share my faith and to share the gospel. And unfortunately, I pushed back and I didn't share. I didn't take my opportunity. Now, why didn't I take my opportunity? It was because of my sin. It was because I worry about too, I worry too much about what other people think of me. I was too worried about what they're gonna think of me than to be able to tell them about the savior that could save their soul. I was too scared to risk a friendship of a coworker that is temporary on this earth rather than potential eternity in heaven for them. But the Holy Spirit just kept giving me opportunities. And really, I think it kept coming up because we were living our lives in gospel-centered community. We were living in a missional community. We attended an MC weekly. We were hanging out with those folks outside of MC. We were living life with people that were also passionate about Jesus. So anytime I talked about my life outside of work, it seemed like Jesus always got brought up, whether it was about what he's doing in my life or the people's lives around us. Finally, the opportunity came again. And I was able to take that opportunity and be bold. And I was able to share my faith and share the gospel with these guys. And it went really well. There wasn't a lot of pushback. Uh, They accepted, they had good questions. And I thank God for that. But it's not always, it doesn't always work out that way. It's not always received well, just like I said in my first point. Whenever we're sharing, we might have to suffer. So why, whenever it is hard and it doesn't work out the way we want it to, why do we continue to share? Why do we continue to try to tell people about the gospel? We do it because in verse four, Paul says, we have been entrusted with the gospel, so we speak. Not to please man, but to please God who tests our hearts. 
We can be bold when sharing the gospel because God has us right where he wants us. We're entrusted with the gospel. In those moments, we are the person for the job. How many of you know who Michael Jordan is? Yeah, yeah. One of the best basketball players of all time, if you ask me. You know, the coach could always count on Michael to take the last shot. And Michael was confident to do so. The coach was so confident that every time there was an opportunity, he was writing up a play to get the ball into MJ's hands. He knew that he was the guy for the job. This is how it is with being a Christian. God writes up plays daily in our lives because he knows that we're the person for the job. Did MJ make every single last shot that he took? No, he didn't. But he continued to take that shot because he was confident that he was the guy for the job. He was right where he was supposed to be. And as Christians, we can have confidence in the fact that God has us right where we're supposed to be. And we can be bold and we can share because we're the person for the job. And then when we do get the opportunity and we are bold, we don't need to sugarcoat it. We don't need to make it fancy because the gospel can stand on its own. In verse five, Paul reminds the Thessalonians, for we never came with words of flattery. It doesn't need anything that we can do to make it more appealing. It doesn't need to stay up with the times or be with culture. The gospel is just the beautiful story that Jesus came and died on the cross for our sins so that we can be in eternity in heaven. And that's all we need to know. It's the beautiful story of Jesus's life and now we have the honor of sharing that story. As Christians, we have been entrusted with the story of the gospel and all the power and boldness that comes with it. And God has us right where he wants us. So go, be bold, share the gospel, share it with the people that you spend the most time with. Maybe it's your coworkers, maybe it's your family. Maybe even share it on your social media. And on to my third point, take action. Now, I would personally say taking action is one of the most uh, natural and easiest of my three points for me, at least personally. Um, taking action, maybe you're like me and it is the easiest, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's a challenge for you. Maybe it's a challenge for you to take action and reach out to people so you can serve them. And if that's the case, why is that? Is it fear? Is it laziness? Maybe it's just straight up self-centeredness. If this is the point in my message that you feel like is, is the hardest to hear, I would encourage you to look in later today and try to figure out why that is. Why is it hard for you to reach out to others, to help, to serve, and to take action? A few months back, Jess and I uh, had some friends that came to us with some really horrible news, uh, medical news about one of their kiddos 
Um, and so whenever we heard this, immediately we wanted to take it to our MC family um, because we knew that they would want to be praying and be thinking about these folks. Whenever we did take it to them, of course they were willing and they, they wanted to pray and they wanted to be thinking about them. Um, but we also decided as a missional community that we wanted to take action. We wanted to do something for them. And so one of the ladies in our missional community came up with the idea of giving them a sunshine basket. Basically, a sunshine basket is a basket full of goodies that hopefully would bring some joy uh, and some excitement um, to uh, this family. Uh, it's a bunch of bright things that, um, and in our basket we had some things that mom and dad would like, uh, and then also the two boys. But then on top of that, uh, we wrote them a card. And at the time, our MC was probably like 35 adults and 19 kids or something like that. And so literally, I think everybody signed that card. And it wasn't just saying, hey, we're praying for you and we love you, um, but it was gospel-centered notes that were pointing them back to Jesus, that were reminding them that, yes, it's all good and dandy that we're thinking about them and praying for them, but more importantly, that Jesus is right there by their side. No matter what they're going through in this trial, he is walking right alongside them, and he knows what suffering is. Now, as Christians, we were filling a need but what's the difference between us doing that and someone who's a nice person doing that? Because we see that in our world all the time, people doing good things for other people that maybe aren't Christians. Paul tells us right here in verse six and seven, nor did we seek glory from people, whether from you or from others, though we could have made demands as apostles of Christ, but we were gentle among you, like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. Paul is telling us that it's more about our motives and how we go about it. Are we doing it for something in return? Are we doing it because of some sort of obligation that we feel? No, we do it because we actually wanna love the people that we're serving. We do it because we wanna love them like a mother loves her kids. We take action because ultimately we wanna create relationship and be able to share the gospel. In verse eight, so being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves because you had become very dear to us. And then Paul goes on in verse nine to say what they did. For you remember, brothers, our labor and toil. We worked night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you while we proclaim to you the gospel of God. Sharing the gospel without action is kind of like those folks that we all love that stand on the corner of a busy street or out on a college campus and yell at everybody, telling them that they're sinners and that they're going to hell and that they need Jesus. Now, maybe that is true, okay? But maybe those people need to look at Paul and his disciples and their ministry and recall that they created relationships. They, they served people who they were trying to preach the gospel to. Sharing the gospel like Paul, Timothy, and Silas, we need to make sure that people know that we're authentic. In verse 10, you are witness and God also, how holy, righteous, and blameless was our conduct toward you believers. 
And once the Thessalonians knew who they were and what they were about and that they were authentic, they were willing to listen. And Paul and Silas and Timothy got to take action and got to preach the gospel to them. In verse 11, for you know how, like a father with his children, we exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. So where are you gonna take action this week? And if the opportunity does arise, what are the motives of your heart gonna be? Will it ultimately be to build relationships and then be able to share the gospel? So what can we take away from all this? Paul, Silas, and Timothy were great role models of what we as Christians should look like. We see in verse 13, Paul reminding the Thessalonians that he really knew that they had accepted the gospel. And we also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of man, but as what it really is, the word of God, which is at work in you believers. And it was at work in the Thessalonians. They started living their lives differently. They started preaching the gospel to the people around them. And it showed. And it showed because coming back to my first point, the Thessalonians started to suffer. And they will continue to suffer because they were living out the gospel. They were sharing their faith. They were telling the people around them. And there was pushback. And the evils in this world didn't want that to happen. In verse 14, Paul tells us, for you brothers became imitators of the church, churches of God in Christ Jesus that are in Judea. For you suffered the same thing from your own countrymen as they did from the Jews who killed the Lord Jesus and the prophets and drove us out and displeased God and opposed all mankind by hindering us from speaking to the Gentiles that they might be saved. So obviously, Paul and Silas and Timothy, they made a pretty big impact on the Thessalonians. But even more so, whenever we look at their lives, we gotta remember who they learned from, who they got to walk alongside. That's Jesus. All of these things that Paul did, take action, be bold, suffer. Jesus did them first. Jesus took action, healing the sick, providing wine at weddings, casting out demons. Jesus was bold. He confronted the Pharisees with scripture. He flipped tables in his father's house whenever it was being used as a den of robbers. And he was always willing to share the gospel and the good news, no matter who you were, no matter what you looked like, no matter where you were from, race, ethnicity, he was gonna share with you. And finally, Jesus suffered. Jesus suffered more than anyone will ever suffer for God and his plan. Jesus suffered on the cross after living a perfect sinless life, bearing the weight of all of our sins so that after he beat death, we can sit at his right hand in eternity with God looking at us pure and holy through the eyes of Jesus. So go today, Christians, knowing that gospel work is hard work. But we are called to be bold and take action. And we will endure suffering if we're sharing the gospel in the name of Jesus.
And for all of you unbelievers and skeptics in the room, know that God loves you more than you will ever understand. So much so that he sent his son Jesus to die so that you can spend eternity with him. Pray with me. Father God, I just thank you for your word. God, thank you for using me as a vessel to speak truth for your gospel. God, I pray that the hearts in here would be opened uh, to accept this as they go throughout their days. May it just stick on their minds so that they will remember uh, what you truly have done for us by sending your son, Jesus. Father God, thank you for all the dads here. May they be blessed as they go from this place. I pray all these things in your holy name. Amen. Amen.